I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Lloyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. It's great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, and obviously a lot of politics today as we roll into the debate season, especially as it relates to those federal offices. Uh, and tonight at 6 p.m., you can hear it right here on KSL News Radio. Representative John Curtis, the incumbent, will take on Glenn Wright, the Democratic challenger, uh, in a debate there at Brigham Young University. But again, you can listen to it right here. Uh, Natalie Gochner from the Kim Gardner Institute will be the moderator. Uh, so I am certain this will be a good conversation uh, about real issues. And it's one to, to watch and lean into tonight. Uh, and then remember, uh, over the course of the next week, all of the congressional debates will take place Monday, Wednesday, Friday of next week, all at 6 p.m. Uh, we'll have all of those uh, here on KSL News Radio, And then the following week, uh, we'll have the big Senate debate. Uh, at Utah Valley University. And so we'll keep track of all of those things. And as we've been going through the day today, we've been talking about how do you prepare for a debate? Uh, Some people are great debaters and not so good speakers. Some are great speakers, not so great debaters. Uh, And I've had the opportunity to work with candidates across the spectrum uh, and across the country. And it's interesting, uh, a debate in uh, Mississippi uh, is very different than a debate uh, in Salt Lake City. And what different regions of the country want out of a debate is is very different. And that's a good thing. It's part of those laboratories of democracy. But in, in every election cycle, it's always a, too important for us to realize that uh, as voters, uh, we have to invest in this. And we have to remember that as voters, uh, we, uh, we don't necessarily get what we pay for, but we actually, actually end up paying for what we get. And generally, we get what we deserve based on how we vote. And so with that kind of high stakes, uh, voters shouldn't be pulled by the latest polling or swayed by the latest political spin or campaign ad. Sadly, so much of what happens in elections today, uh, most of us as voters uh, don't get the opportunities we used to have to sit across from a candidate, to look them in the eye, to ask some questions. Uh, A lot of it happens uh, over social media. A lot of it happens in big events. The good news, the really good news, is that we actually don't have to sit down with candidates. We actually just need to sit down with ourselves. And so we have to answer our own questions. And so I want to share with you today as we close out the day today some questions, and we're going to come back to these often over the next 33 days because I think these are the questions we need to be asking ourselves as we look at candidates, as we evaluate who we're going to cast our vote for. So the first question, how is this candidate positioned to show real political courage? I think political courage is sadly lacking in our leaders today. And there are too many in politics uh, who can't begin to contemplate losing an election, let alone consider what they would do outside of elected office. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. 
I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And so if the candidate is consumed with holding on to whatever power they've amassed, and if each decision they make is based on extending political power, it is absolutely impossible for them to demonstrate real courage, real conviction. I mean, think about it. Uh, can you trust someone whose every move, every vote, every message is pollster approved and consultant certified? Uh, another way to think of it would be whether or not this particular candidate that you're evaluating is willing to lose office, to be a, a one-termer, so to speak, in order to do the right thing. Would the candidate be okay not winning re-election based on making a decision about casting a vote, opposing or supporting a piece of legislation, or simply taking a firm position on an issue that was unpopular? Uh, As we often say, uh, when the sea is calm and the breeze is light and the sun is out, every boat in the harbor has a good captain. But that's not what we elect people to do. We elect them for the storms. And if in the storms we can't trust them because they're worried about holding on to office or political power, if they aren't willing to vote no on bad pieces of legislation and vote yes on good pieces of legislation, uh, that's not the person we need. Uh, The challenges of our time are going to require people with real courage, including the courage to do the thing that's not popular. Second question Again, these are questions not to ask candidates. These are questions to ask ourselves when we look at candidates and evaluate them. So when you listen to a candidate, where does it lead your thoughts? It really isn't so much what a candidate says as it is where it takes you in your thinking. So when you listen to a candidate, do you find yourself thinking just about the candidate and their story? Or do you find yourself thinking about your life, your family, your future, your community? Do your thoughts go towards feelings of fear and frustration, conflict, or toward positive solutions and possibilities? So a a candidate whose words lead your thinking to negative places or solely into the candidate's world is not the one to lead you or the country or the community to a better, brighter future. Third question, what is this candidate for? And I think this is especially true this year. You know what the candidates are against, starting with their competitor, the opposing party. While the candidate has to be willing to fight against the kind of things they don't want in government, they also have to be able to articulate the kind of government they do want. Do they have an agenda? Can they point to things that express uh, in principle and in policy What kind of government, what kind of country, what kind of future they intend to foster in that office? So not just what they're against. Can you hear in what they're saying what they're actually for? Another one that I think is so critical, and we'll see this play out on the debate stages, does the candidate talk in generalities or in specifics? Uh, As a business consultant, the rule was always when you talk about things in generalities, you very rarely succeed. But when you talk about them in the specific, you very rarely fail. And the same applies to our politics. 
one-liners, bumper sticker slogans are very nice, but they don't produce real results in the end. So you do have to be careful of the candidate who uses these sweeping generalities in their responses, such as, you know, this is going to be spectacular. This is going to make your head spin. This is going to be awesome. Uh, We also have to be careful of the negative base emotions, anger, fear, frustration. Uh, That anger should never be confused with an actual agenda. And we should remember that while hope is very important, hope is not a strategy. So listen for candidates that are talking about specifics, specific policies, specific principles, specific strategies, and specific tactics. There's no substitute for those concrete, detailed solutions. Fifth question, is the candidate more concerned about making friends or keeping promises? Many politicians have become way, way, way too eager to get along, to go along, to make deals that are good for them, not necessarily good for their constituents. Uh, I've always believed that real friends tell you the truth, especially when it's hard. They tell you what needs to be done to solve your problem without sugarcoating it. And they demonstrate to you by their actions that they're going to stand with you no matter what. Now, there's a few other questions that we could throw in here, and we'll talk about some of these in the days ahead. How would this candidate continue to make a difference in the world if they lost the election? That's actually one of my favorite questions. Uh, Not what would their next job be to make a dollar, but how would they actually make a difference out there in the world? Are they worried about what is right or who is right? Do they spend more time talking about their opponent or talking about their own ideas? Are they driving wedges or building bridges? So those are some of the questions that we need to be asking ourselves, not just the questions that we need to be asking of candidates. And that really comes down to each one of us. Well, that'll wrap us up here on Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. I'm Boyd Matheson. And as always, as you go out into the world, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com. Follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen.